Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Chalo's Wine Market in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. The tension between town and country, between urban and rural, has been around since the Industrial Revolution. It exists in every developed nation where there are cities. The fact is, cities depend on surrounding rural regions to produce food, and rural regions depend on cities to produce manufactured goods, even as basic to their survival as tractors and shovels. But because of economics, politics and other factors, which we'll get to in a minute, we frequently find urban and rural populations at odds with each other. Here in Acadiana, if you live on a farm or in a small town, you have a certain perception of Lafayette. It's too big, it's too busy, it's dangerous, and you don't go there unless you really need to. It's the same perception people in upstate New York have of Manhattan, or people in Bakersfield have of Los Angeles. It gets even more granular here. If you live in Lafayette itself, you may have similar feelings about downtown versus your neighbourhood. That's why there's an organisation dedicated to keeping downtown Lafayette thriving and making sure that we all know it's safe and great place to live, work, eat, shop and play. That organisation is the Lafayette Downtown Development Authority. Its CEO is Anita Begno. Anita, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks for having me. I mentioned that besides economics and politics, there are other factors that have come to pit urban and rural communities against each other. The biggest of these other factors is perception, or in many cases, misperception. Cities get the reputation of being places that are dangerous and unwelcoming. Those reputations are often the result of reports of incidents that may in themselves be true, but the way these events are presented to us gives them a weight that is often disproportionate to reality. That method of presentation of information is television. From the mid-20th century on, TV, and especially TV news, has had an enormous influence on how we see the world, including how we see ourselves in Acadiana. If you're the gatekeeper of that perception, you have a big responsibility. Here in Lafayette, that role belongs to Sean Chakalik. Seen as the general manager of KADN Fox 15, KLAF NBC, and My Network Acadiana. Seen, welcome to Out to Lunch. Great to be here, great to be here. And Nita, you've only recently taken over as CEO of the Lafayette Downtown Development Authority, so we can't hold you responsible for the past performance of the organisation. But I do want to get your opinion on a slice of that, because it's relevant to where we are with downtown and where we're going. Downtown Lafayette Unlimited is a private, non-profit corporation that was formed in 1983 with the mission of revitalizing downtown Lafayette to restore and preserve its place as the center of economic and cultural life in Acadiana. Downtown Lafayette Unlimited has a board of governors of 20 people and works hand-in-hand with the Downtown Development Authority, which is the city organization to oversee downtown. 
A lot of smart, creative and business savvy people have spent a lot of time and money revitalising downtown Lafayette since 1983. If these efforts are truly working, after 36 years, don't you think that downtown Lafayette would be so popular that you'd be beating people with a stick to keep them out of downtown by now? I know that it's the PR correct response to say that everyone who went before you is great and everything you've inherited is awesome, but what, if anything, are you intending to do that's different from what's gone on in the past 36 years? What a great question. So I haven't even been alive for 36 years, uh, which is fun. Um, But I think you brought up an important uh, point earlier about perception. And um, perception is something that I deal with on a daily basis regarding downtown Lafayette when it comes to folks' perception of whether or not it's safe, whether or not it's thriving, whether or not it's a place where people want to live, whether or not it deserves a grocery store. um, All of those factors kind of come into play. What I'm looking to do differently is mix my governmental affairs background, that ability to work with politicians and kind of um, get behind the scenes and, and have real conversations with politicians, talk about their priorities and how yours align with my marketing and PR background. I think that um, it doesn't take a developer to help facilitate development. It takes someone who can work with people, building relationships across you know, party lines, Um, with the folks at the highest levels of local leadership, folks at the state level, because the reality is is we need them to support downtown Lafayette as well, but also working day-to-day with business owners, those who own big businesses or run big businesses downtown like the banks, but also, you know, the startup businesses who are just getting started and want to find their place in downtown Lafayette. So did you spend your first few weeks in downtown Lafayette just trying to work out what that perception was from different people? Did you go to them and say, "What what do you think of downtown? What's your opinion? and what's your experience? Sure, so I've spent, you know, a number of months just sitting down with folks and finding out what they love about downtown, uh, what they know and don't know about downtown, um, what others may think about it, what they've heard from other people. We have a mix of perceptions within Lafayette, the city, within the parish, Acadiana, the state, the country. And so we're trying to figure out how to talk to those different target demographics and tell them what's great about downtown Lafayette to change their perceptions or to build those that don't even exist yet. Yeah, and with some people it's changing their perceptions and other people it's actually changing what's wrong with downtown. Yeah. Absolutely. In entertainment, the rise of viewing on demand with Netflix and Hulu has changed the dominance broadcast and cable TV once had. In news, we're seeing people increasingly turn to information to social media. Social media is notorious for misreporting of facts and its delivery of distorted perspectives. However, this reputation of untrustworthiness has now spread to the mainstream media, to such an extent that describing real reporting as fake news and calling the media the enemy of the people has become commonplace. So with that in mind my question to you is here in Acadiana are we self-reliant and isolated enough to avoid the fallout from that or are we affected by it and if so how does it affect you and your daily work as the general manager of television stations? Uh, I do think we're isolated from it a little bit Um, because local news local tv is still local tv Um, but there's no question to, to, to follow up with what you're saying that we live we're in uh, historic and dangerous times, in my opinion, when it comes to when it comes to to the First Amendment and information, um, we've got to as local broadcasters provide stuff that no one else can provide. And I try to keep it simple. Like, what should you wear to work tomorrow? Is it going to be cold? <laughs> you know, uh, what's the what was the UL sports stores uh, sports score? You know, what's going on with 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 downtown Lafayette? 
what, what initiatives are on the ballot. We try to stay away from national news as much as we can. And we don't do, we don't even do, you know, the around the world or look at national stuff because there's so many other opportunities for that. If we stay away from that, then I think we get out of, of that argument. That fake news thing, if you think about it, is purely from the president of the United States. You know, we don't get fake news criticisms about, well, you said that the mayor of Opelousas was an embezzler. No one says fake news. They trust that we, we cover those stories. That fake news is a national phrase, a national mantra. So if we stay away from that, I think we do insulate ourselves a little bit from it. Has it made you more careful about the angles from which you do report yes. the news? Because it has to be an angle. Abs- yeah, abso- yeah, absolutely. You know, um, well, we, we, you, you want to make, we have to be more accurate because if we get, if we get anything wrong, then we're feeding right into that fake news thing. If we miscall something, if we, if we get a fact wrong, then there are naysayers. Now, here, interestingly enough, where we're going to get that grief from is going to be on social media. You know, I don't, I don't get phone calls in, in my office saying, well, you guys are fake or are complaining about it. I don't get that. What I get is, um, I get, you got it wrong. You see fake, more, more fake news. So we just have to be more accurate. Um, I do, the enemy of the people thing uh, is an issue. Um, I have got, what I've seen that I didn't think I would see is we do get people, uh, we, I fear for, for the safety of my employees. Uh, because we will get at people every now and then saying, well, you guys are, you know, I'm a Fox and an NBC. So you'll get, well, you got your NBC, your fake news. And I worry that, you know, a 24 year old journalist who's just trying to do their job is going to be is going to be in uh, jeopardized. It's dangerous. This enemy of the people thing is physically dangerous. And now if you get something wrong, it used to be you've got it wrong. Now it's there's a reason there's if you get is, it yeah. wrong and they presume right. you're trying to. Exactly. Ex- they're, they're, and we live we live in an age where we're every, it's it's. It's affirmation, not information. People increasingly are looking for affirmation. They're looking for things that back up what they believe about something rather than being open to, okay, I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, so fake news is if I'm delivering something that's not affirming what you believe, then it's automatically fake. Um, and both of you live between that world of PR, saying what's out there, having to deal with the social media impact. So, Anita, why in 36 years is it still, I guess, people that don't go downtown, it's still their main reason for not going downtown? You know, I think that downtown Lafayette, in a lot of ways, is just getting started. The residential component and having people who actually live downtown changes the culture of a place. And more people are about to live downtown. Tell us about that. We anticipate 200 new residents in the next year and a half or so. By the end of 2020, we anticipate 200 new people living downtown. Downtowns that are thriving are activated. And so if you can activate the streets and put people on the streets, not just from 8 to 5 or 7 to 6, but round the clock, who are going into their homes downtown, coming back down to have dinner, shopping in stores. Um, If their life revolves around downtown, you have more people on the streets and you have more of a perception of safety. One of my favorite developers in Lafayette always says, the way to combat feelings of being unsafe is to just flood places with light. And so that's one of the things that we're looking at as well, is lighting up downtown more to where people feel like if they're walking from street to street off of Jefferson um, that they have those bright lights um, making it feel safer. 
seen. As a potential viewer, do you mind if we watch it on the internet or no. on our television? Does no. it make any difference to your programming or how you think about things? No. It ultimately, I need you to watch it on television ultimately. Okay. I get, I monetize Nielsen surveys, Comscore surveys, and I monetize you watching that television screen. However, it's all related. Studies now show that people will follow a Facebook page or a website or a Twitter account after they've bought into it on the, on the main screen and vice versa. You know, I'm, I'm the new guy in town. You know, my, my competitors have been doing this for, my competitors have been doing this for, I don't know, let's see, 62? They've been doing it for 50-plus years. I can't, I can't make up that ground. So those guys from the, from the digital world are trying to drive people from their main screen on the digital. Uh, I'm, I'm going the other way. I'm trying to reach out to folks that may not know about me, get them on digital, and get them to watch the television station. But ultimately, I want to give them the information, the same information, and trust that they will want more of it and will eventually tune to the TV stations. I have to, I have to give some love to Cena's team because um, KDN, Fox 15, uh, NBC has been really good to, to me throughout my career at downtown Lafayette, but also at one of Kadiana, the regional economic development group. Well, you do keep they're, doing interesting stuff. They're looking for local news. You know, I, I, I'm telling you the truth. I can't go a week without a reporter calling me. In fact, I have one in my office today. I'm going to be on air tomorrow. They want to know what's happening in downtown Lafayette. They understand that, you know, it's on the cusp of some great things happening. There's a lot of momentum, and they want to, as local news, ride that momentum and help us get the word out about it, well, which is so great. It, and it's part of the reason why we, we do 44 and a half hours of news a week, which is a lot more than is normal. Uh, so I do it because I have a four-hour morning show, which is unheard of. I do it because I want to – I can be really local. I can have a lot of guests on. People's tele, local television is still show business. They want to see themselves on TV. They want to meet the anchors. They want their kids to be on the set. So I do it because I want to have bandwidth. But by the same token, television news is a black hole begging for content. So I have, I need, Anita needs us to get her message out. And I need Anita to come on and fill my my time. So, it, so are you the guy that gets to choose what goes on TV, or do you have to answer to somebody else? So, you the guy that goes right. We need this. Yes. Let me put that on. Yeah. I, 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 now, when it comes to what's going to go in a newscast, I'm not going to. I don't get involved with. Hey, what stories are we covering? Uh, but in terms of do what, do we launch a new newscast? How long is a newscast? What syndic? I mean, I met with syndicators today to talk about. New, te- new shows coming out. Uh, I make the decision of what we're going to run outside of network on all three stations. And how do you make those decisions? Do you go with what you like, or? Uh... Um, I've been I've been in television now since '89, so that's 30 years. So a lot of it is kind of my hunch, not what I like, but what I think is going to work. Um, we there are we have a we have some consultants you know national consultants that i could call and say hey what do you think about this show um but you, you, we've i've kind of trained to know what's going to work here and you know the guy that's trying to sell me the show is going to bring me a lot of research and saying well in baton rouge this show works but it ultimately comes down to and and i have the unique perspective that unlike i had to keep presenting myself against my competitors but I'm the only general manager in, in this market 
who was born in this market was raised in this market. I'm the only UL alum running a station, so I feel like I'm uniquely connected with... And you run your station like family, from what f- I've heard. I try to, yeah. Yeah, it, it's... 70, we got 75 employees. Uh, our motto is focus on family and the community. Uh, I try to hire local. Um, we've, got a par- we've got a partnership with UL that we're increasingly working with them to get us, get us uh, MMJ's reporters that meet our needs. If I can hire a UL graduate, chances are they'll stay here. I don't have to pay to move them across the country. Uh, they're going to have a last name like Begno. And it, that matters, you know. And also understanding this community, as, as I know, as yeah. someone who's not originally from here, takes a while. Everybody says their community is different, but we, we really are. We mean it. You really so. are. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Sean Chicharlik from KADN Fox 15 and KLAF NBC and Anita Begno from Lafayette Downtown Development Authority. Anita and Sean, this is the part of the show that we call The Interview. Whether you've been on a job interview lately or you've been on the other side of the desk and had to hire people, there's been this interesting trend in job interviews. It consists of asking job applicants questions that test their ability to think through a problem. I have a list. You can tell I'm happy about this. I have a list of these 20 of these interview questions in front of me. I'm going to ask you each to pick a number between 1 and 20. And I'll ask you one of these questions and see if you'd get the job. 18. 18. What is the funniest thing that's happened to you recently, Anita? Well, I was running a couple of weeks ago uh, through the Saint Streets, and I fell down tripping over the sidewalk, ripped my uh, tights, uh, was bleeding all over the place. You can see my scar if you want to, um, and uh, got pretty banged up. There was literally no one around to see it but me, but I laughed for a solid five minutes at myself before I got up. So I know you've been interviewing recently. In an interview, if somebody answered like that, what would you learn about them? That they like to talk about running, uh, <laughs> show off the fact that they run. Um, you know, uh, the ability to kind of just be embarrassed and be okay about it. You know, I'm a pretty clumsy person. Most people probably don't know that. But I think it's kind of charming. And just that honesty and knowing who they are. Yeah, and vulnerability. Scene. Pick a number. Don't pick 18 because you already know that Nine. one. Nine. Nine. Oh, this is one of my favorites. Uh-oh. Why are manhole covers round? Huh. Well, research has shown that the, the shape of the human body is more circular than it is square. So you're more likely in a square manhole to bump your shoulder, to get hung up, and you can't maneuver around as easily. When you, when you, circ- when you turn sideways, you're turning in a circle, not in a square. So square manholes, you'll get stuck. That is beautiful off-the-cuff thinking. It's a rash of manhole uh, of, of manhole deaths in the early part of the uh, 20th century. Have you been asked this question in an No, I'm just making it. Okay. No, I no these are completely good. Because this is the only one that actually does have an answer that I happen to know. But um, I, only I don't. Did, was that? But it's not. It's never about that. These interview questions aren't about the answer. They're about the the joy yeah, with which you yeah. made up a story. Then, and I'm presuming most of the interviews you've been through want that creative slant in your life. Yeah, I've I've gone through phases though where I will ask those types of questions. You know, you know, I call them. I, I call those interview questions. You know, like. You know, if you, if, you know, how'd you get the M's on the M and M's? Yeah, <laughs> or, or so you're in a bus, 
I, I was asked this one when I, when I got into television in 89. You're driving a bus, you're going around a mountain road, and there's a car coming right, in, right head on. You have two choices. You can try to avoid them to the left and maybe hang onto the road, risking going down the cliff and killing everyone, or you can avoid to the right, smash the bus into the, into the wall, but no one gets killed. Those are those types of weird questions. I interview now, and maybe I'm wrong, but I've got a pre-printed interview for every job that I have in the television station. And I pull it out and I ask the same questions. So what qualities do you both think got you your jobs where you are now? Because you've both got to this really nice point in your career. You've both kind of had what looks now like a good track to get there, but was kind of very all over the place for both of you. So what qualities do you think that got you your job that you've got now? I would have to say probably tenacity and um, the ability to work with people. So, you know, building relationships with folks like Scene. I mean, at one Acadiana, I did that with 150 investor company representatives, 80 board members, 1,000 member companies. Um, and everyone just likes you. Well, you know, I like to think so. It's probably because <laughs> I'm from Church Point. But, um, you know, that ability to work with people. And, you know, I, I think in this particular job, not taking no for an answer and not being afraid to you know, continue to seek something out, to go after, go after, go after, and not get discouraged. I mean, in working with government, you gotta, you got to be able to do that. you got to be tenacious or you're going to get frustrated and burn out. Absolutely. Seen. what qualities, and I know you've developed some qualities over the years. I've known you a long time. I, probably being a performer. Because, and, and, well, just think about it. I mean, it, being a performer includes being a leader or act or like, well, it's time that somebody has to be on and take the lead. I see, for me, that's performing. I've always been, I've been a ham. I've been on stage since I was five. It showed with that question that you had no clue what the answer was. Yeah. A big grin came on your face and you just enjoyed making and stuff so up. So performing and, you know, now there's got to be, you know, uh, and also just hanging around, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I was, it took me 28 years to become a general manager, you know, so just kind of hanging on, hanging, you know, we always say in, in broadcast sales, you move up by someone dying, you know, <laughs> when somebody leaves and you, and it's true, somebody leaves and you get their account list. I mean, because, I mean, I started in, at, at, at KETC in 1989. There were five salespeople, four of those, six salespeople, four of those guys were making a fortune and they hired two of us from DJs from UL and we weren't going to make any money. But we're going to keep learning our craft, learning our craft, going around, knocking on doors. The old guy's stealing from us. The old guy's teaching us lessons. And then one old guy leaves and goes, uh, gets sick and retires or goes across the street. Well, then his, his account list gets parceled out. And you've earned, the, you've earned the right and shown the ability to be able to handle that big account. So I know both of you fairly well. Driving here, you were probably both going over the interview in my mind. She's going to ask me this. What question did you kind of prepare for on the way here that we haven't asked you? I was on the phone the whole time. (laughs) So, hmm. I was just looking forward to a good conversation. You know, the one thing I did think about is that Scene and I have been meeting a lot recently and talking about ability to collaborate across our two entities. And um, I think that's such a beautiful thing. It's really cool time in the Lafayette business community because I feel like a lot of local folks are getting an opportunity to lead. You know, the last interview question I got asked uh, for the job that I'm currently in is, are you going to follow your old boss to another community? And I mean... 
it shocked the heck out of me. And I kind of didn't know what to say. And you know, I took a moment and I said, I've lived my whole life within like 20 miles of this spot that I'm sitting. I am invested in this community and I plan to continue investing in this community and that's why I'm that's why I'm sitting in front of you today and I think it's an awesome time to collaborate with other local folks people who've become locals over the years like our buddy here our host you know there's a there's a real energy in the community right now and it's just it's awesome to be a part of it I was just thinking knowing you there would be an unusual an unusual angle somehow but also thinking well if this is going to be like, hey, like a personal thing, then what am I currently passionate about? Because it kind of changes, you know. You and I have known each other for 10 years. It, it, it kind of changes. But as a broadcaster, I, have a, I, I say this all the time. I believe that it's the job of a local broadcaster to make a difference in the lives of the people that are in the market. That sounds big, but that difference could be, if I give you an accurate weather cast, you won't be cold that day because you'll dress appropriately. So everything I'm passionate about, I think, ultimately comes back to making some sort of a difference. It, and it doesn't have to be huge where I'm saving someone's life or getting someone out of poverty. It might just be that Anita and I work together and it helps her to achieve a goal that she has to get a grant. And Nita and Seen, you're both in really interesting positions, not just in the sense of being leaders of organisations, but in the positions of responsibility and trust that you occupy in the community. In simple English, what you guys do affects us all. So on behalf of all of us, thank you both for everything you do for Lafayette and Acadiana. And thank you for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thanks for having us. This was a blast. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Anita Begno, CEO of Lafayette Downtown Development Authority, and Seen Chachalik, General Manager of Television Channels KADN, Fox 15, KLAF, NBC, and My Network Acadiana. You can find out more about Anita, Seen, Downtown Lafayette, and Acadiana TV by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morell. Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsacadiana.com, and on our Acadiana Facebook page and on Instagram. These photos were taken by Lucius A. Fontenot. You can find out more about Lucius at lafphoto.com. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify. And you can find all of our podcasts at itsacadiana.com. You can keep up with us between shows on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all those links on our website, itsacadiana.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Bennett. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Marcello's Wine Market Cafe on Calice Saloon in Lafayette. Marcello's is open for lunch Monday through Friday and dinner Monday through Saturday, serving fine Italian cuisine with a full range of fine wines. The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur, Nice Guy, is written by Mitchell Foreman and performed by Mitchell Foreman and Andre Michaud. Out to Lunch Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana and Dustin Ortego from The Opportunity Machine. 
Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from the Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Cali Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants.